0: To the Let's Go Racing family podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life.
1: Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan.
2: Each week we'll talk about our view
3: of the world through the lens of racing. And today, to start it off our topics, we have just come off of a very exciting race at talladega and boy was it fun we had a 70 lap race it took about an hour it was definitely worth watching and actually the counterpoint back to last week we actually had a bet on how many resets and wrecks they would have and i believe i actually won that bet i said they would have one reset and one to two wrecks which there were big ones sorry and there were two big ones early in the race and about with like 10 laps to go so i think i actually won that one did you yeah i believe i said the same thing as you one so reset. what and were
4: what, what rec- was what did you guys bet or what did we bet? I don't even remember. I forgot to go listen to the segment from last week to see. Well, we'll figure something out, I guess. We'll get you something. Yeah, Johan.
1: Um, I was nowhere near getting it right. I thought there was going to be 100 restarts, 70 normal wrecks, and 30 regular wrecks.
4: Well, It, it, it wasn't at near the wreck fest that I was expecting, to be quite honest. I was a little surprised. I thought it would have been closer to Bristol. It was a much cleaner race, especially for... A restrictor plate. I think what played into that was the fact that they only had the one restart. So that was pretty smart. I think Karen and, and, and Giovanni had said that. So I thought it was a, a much better race. So let's get into it. It was a 70 lap race. We had a return of Jeff Gordon, who was super excited to be there. He looked like a kid on Christmas, super happy to be behind the wheel. Uh, We also had, I think you guys said Bobby Labonte, although I don't think I saw him at all. I don't know if they mentioned him much in the race. I believe he's actually been racing. He's been racing since the
2: the beginning. He's been racing the number 19.
4: 19. He's been pretty quiet because they haven't talked a lot about him because I don't remember seeing them do a focus on him or anything.
2: Yeah, I definitely remember that he's been driving since the beginning because I was like, oh, it's Martin Truix. And then Giovanni said, "Nope, that's actually Bobby Labonte.
4: Oh, well, there you go. So he has been racing just pretty quiet. And then Dale Jr., who actually, to my estimation, had a pretty quiet race for him, but he was up there in the top five when I, you know, near the end. So I thought he was going to do something and, and nearly did. And then he kind of got a little, he got shuffled out and ended up uh, moving in the wrong line. Yeah, Johan.
1: I actually thought that Ty Dillon was going to win that race, but how did he get clipped again?
4: Well, I mean, it's it's Talladega. It's a super speedway restrictor plate. And those for those of you that are joining that don't know much about NASCAR, let me actually I meant to do this from the very beginning. So as you guys know, with everything that's going around the world, a lot of major league sports have been shut down uh, for for over a month now. And NASCAR uh, took the unprecedented step a few weeks ago, um, actually more than that, about six weeks ago. And they partnered with a simulation gaming company, video game company, or, or company that that puts out what they call iRacing. iRacing is essentially online racing for sports fans, for for NASCAR, for for any type of, of automobile racing. And so they've been doing this for the past six weeks. And the drivers will actually race. So, like our regular NASCAR Cup Series drivers are at home in their garages or in their bedrooms, uh, but they're sitting in these rooms with their systems. Either it's a steering wheel on like a PlayStation or it's a, or, or not a PlayStation, but a computer, or it's a rig, a full rig where you have a simulator that actually moves from side to side. So in any event, you had all the drivers, There, a lot of the drivers from the Cup Series that are racing and that are participating in this, and they've been doing it for the past six weeks because they have. Excuse me, let me say that again. Because they haven't been able to race at the tracks because everybody has been at a, on stay at home orders across the country, and so we watched the what they call i racing event at Talladega, and uh, we got to see our drivers race. And like I said before, Jeff Gordon has is now participating in as well as Dale Jr.
2: Talladega is one of my favorite races to watch on TV and I had just as much fun watching the I race on Sunday as I I do with the real races. It was a lot of fun and I think the reason that I like the restrictor plate races so much is because anybody can win. So it doesn't matter if you have the pole or if you're one of the strongest drivers in general, anybody can pretty much win. So on Sunday, it was pretty much that. It was very similar to a real race. Uh, We saw that Kyle Busch Went to the back, as he normally does in real in a real race. He likes to go to the back, kind of feel it out, wait for a few wrecks to happen, and
3: then he works his way up.
0: And he got a place to on the race.
3: There was actually a few other drivers. I know that Joey Logano was up uh, doing that same yeah, he, strategy.
4: He worked his way up. I was even asking him, like, where's uh, Joey? And then all of a sudden, we saw him near the front.
3: Joey, though, he tends
2: to run in the front or the middle in restrictor plates, I've noticed that. Like, he's not afraid to go up there and drive and get a feel for it. I mean, yeah, he can risk getting into one of those wrecks at the beginning. But he, in Daytona and Talladega, for the most part, he's always towards the middle middle to the front.
4: So let's talk about wrecks. I thought this was kind of funny. Giovanni was going to talk about this. He, he was very animated about it when it happened during the race. So I think one of the big first wrecks that we all saw was caused by... Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And what did you say about it during the race?
3: I was just in complete shock because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had caused the wreck and somehow made it out. This has always happened at like every restrictor plate during the Daytona 500, Talladega races, the uh, Pepsi 400 or the Coca-Cola 600. And I'm just like, how does he do it? How does he just manage to get wrecked and then walks out perfectly fine while everyone else is getting piled up and flipped into the wall? After all, we saw Jeff Gordon hanging on the catch fence,
4: and I think even Joey Logano caught some air and his car flipped up in the air. Unfortunately, yeah.
3: Oh, and then right, and then uh, later in the race, in another wreck, when Joey Logano happened to wreck, he got turned around by I believe none other than Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and um. And then Ryan Blaney decided to turn into a bouncy ball and his car just was bouncing all over the track. Literally, it was actually kind of funny. So it was kind
4: of crazy. I do remember at one point in the race we watched and we saw Jimmy Johnson. We thought, okay, there he's doing well. And then all of a sudden he got turned right into the wall. So uh it was it was pretty interesting race. I you know it was it was, it was, it was a was lot exciting. of fun.
2: We enjoyed watching um Clint Boyer. <laughs> <We> oh, <laughs> when yeah, he was Clint up Boyer. there. We were rooting for him. We kept yelling at um Bowman to move out of the way. And because then
3: Boyer goes kaboom. Yeah. We and blue is <laughs> Boom boom.
4: And then later Alex Bowman wins the race.
3: Like how?
4: Well, well, how? What I was what I thought was interesting about it is that they had just talked about the fact that you got to watch your telemetry and watch you know the the how hot the engine is getting. It needed to cool down. And if you rode behind a car in this virtual racing, the computer would know that. You know it would react the same way it would in real life. And so if you ride behind a car and you have no air going to the engine, the engine's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. And you know I don't know if Boyer wasn't. They were joking about the fact that he was just focused on the driving and wasn't really watching the telemetry on his car. Uh, but he ended up blowing out his engine, so it just goes to show you how realistic this simulated racing really is, and how great a job the folks at iRacing have done with programming this system and this 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 uh, platform. Uh, because he did blow his engine, and we were all rooting for him. He has been so fun to watch as a broadcaster live while he's racing, which is something we would never get during the real you know racing when the cars are out there. And so it's been really, really fun. We've always thought he was a fun guy, but it's really been nice to see his personality. And he always was a good sport about it, even though Bubba Wallace two weeks in a row tried to wreck him out. bubba He got bubba two weeks in a row. So this week, I thought it was pretty interesting that this, he actually was sponsored by Barstool Media and Dave uh, on Barstool Media is his partner on their podcast that they have. And so I know that they were, they were going back and forth on Twitter before the race about how David had, had built up the brand and he wanted to make sure he got a respectable run. And it seemed like that was happening. He was leading the race and then he blows the engine and ends up finishing and last. At yeah, least he beat I, Jeff Gordon.
3: Yeah. Um, I honestly think had Alex Bowman actually moved out of the way or Clint Boyer decided to pass him, I think Clint possibly could have won the race and not even blown up his engine. I think it was Alex Bowman that honestly overworked him. And yeah, I just think he was running really well. And he honestly had a good shot at winning the race.
4: Well, I think uh, it's it was definitely exciting, like mom said. And I I was excited to see the race. And even though he was close, he didn't win. So it'll be interesting to see what he comes back with next week. So next week, where are we going, Sebastian?
0: We're going to the virtual version of the Monster Mile, Dover,
4: Delaware. Very cool. Do you remember who won last year? Uh, Someone forgot to do his research. Our last winner at Dover. Uh, We'll try to find that out. But what do you guys think it's going to happen at Dover, Johan?
1: Well, actually, it's not about what happened. I have to say two things. What happened, and I think last winner was Truex um, from... At Dover? Yeah. And then what I expect to happen, like, probably one big one.
4: You think there'll be a big one
1: at Dover? But it's only a mile track. Well... Do you remember that race where Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Larson, were battling for the lead? Then apparently Ty Dillon got loose, crashed, but Jimmy passed the um overtime line, which was in the R of Dover, I think, and he crossed it when the wreck happened. So he won the race. So I think a b- big one might happen, oh. and then like
4: it has probably- happened. I I joke with you about it, but the reality is yes, there are a lot of big wrecks in Dover because it is a mile track there's a lot of banking so the cars are going fast and they're usually close together
1: so
2: i got the information last year's dover winner was martin Truex jr
4: you're right johan
2: alex bowman came in second so let's see how he does in the i race
0: that
4: he should be one of the favorites he's
2: one of yeah he's one of the guys that's been up there
0: so dover is very similar to bristol in a bunch of ways so i wonder how so well, one they're short tracks. Two, they're very small, and they got that like high banking that um those two tracks have. So I wonder if they only give them one um reset for Dover. Will that be? We'll see if what if Bristol had a single reset, and that will be what we get at Dover
4: next week. So you think whatever we get. If they do the one reset, it'll be similar. If, if, if they would have done the one reset at Bristol, that's what we would have gotten there.
0: Yeah, and I and that's my bet. We're getting one reset next week. So we've never been to
2: the Dover International Speedway. However, last year on our trip, summer trip to Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we were driving, we, we were actually coming from the area of... Virginia like North Carolina Virginia area we were there for a wedding and then going up to our vacation in Philadelphia so we took a road which I believe it's one highway one is the name of it and as and we're driving not knowing where we were we were just knew we were in Dover and we were pretty close to uh, arriving in Pennsylvania and all of a sudden we see this structure on the left side of the car and it was the Dover International Speedway and of course you know we all started screaming and uh, we saw monster, right? They had, yeah. we were able to see Mon- miles. miles the monster. And um, was it so- just
4: a sign or was it like a statue? No, 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 it was no, a statue. Was a you statue. could see the statue. Right, okay.
2: And, um, and so that was really cool. And Dover is one of my favorite trophies. Like if I was a NASCAR driver, I've told my, I've told Tony this, that I would purposely just want to win at certain tracks for the trophy. And, Mile uh, and um, Dover is one of those because I think Miles the Monster is one of the coolest. And when you win, he they put your diecast car right in his hand. And we actually got to see some of those trophies um, when we visited the headquarters. The
0: NASCAR driver
2: of the NASCAR drivers in North Carolina.
1: Well, I did see some diecast that um, William Byrne probably got if he um, ever won at Dover because I saw like um, his cars behind. His rig.
4: Where? What do you mean?
1: Like, when we saw William Byron, we saw, like, some diecast behind his rig.
4: When did we see William Byron? Like... Was it during the race? Yeah. Oh! I get what you're talking about. While he was racing at home, he put some diecast in the back so you could see the die. And you're saying that those are the diecasts that they that- could use if he wins at Dover.
2: Yeah, it's the mod, It's the 164 scale.
3: 164 is micro. It's, it's, one? 120,
2: so it's one tw- wait, 124. One, oh, 124.
1: Okay. 124. And I actually took videos on my old iPad of the 3D Caballeros. Darlington, Dover, and Daytona.
2: Yeah, so on our road trip last summer, we... Um, We saw Daytona Speedway that you can see off of um, 95. And then we had mentioned a few podcasts ago that we were driving through uh, South Carolina and we saw a sign for the the Darlington International. So we veered off and went to go see it. And then we also saw Dover. So, yes, we saw the 3Ds on our way. Um, We would have stopped to check out Dover. Dover speed international speedway had it not been for the fact that we were headed to philly because we were going on vacation and the one thing that we had that day was a tour of the philadelphia eagles football team stadium
4: lincoln financial field yes lincoln financial field we had to be there like at like two o'clock or something and we were driving from virginia and we had no margin of error
2: if not we would have definitely stopped to see if we could take a tour so that'll be either on that'll be like on our um plans for our next trip or possibly even going. Because here's the thing, we realized Dover, Delaware, I mean, the Dover International Speedway is only an hour in about, an, less than an hour and 20 minutes from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So if you live in that area or if you're vacationing in that area, or if you're just going to the race, you can make a trip out to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And there are a lot of awesome things to see out there. So we have an expert on Philadelphia here at our table was born in philadelphia and he is a huge sports fan
4: yes i love the city of philadelphia city of brotherly love uh, it's kind of funny because that's where i'm born and you don't really think a big nascar fans coming from a city like that but that is my hometown i always will call it my hometown no matter how long it's been since i've actually lived there
0: to me that was one of the best trips i've taken and from the historical to the sports like we went to the a phillies game yeah that was, and that cool. was really awesome
4: yeah, we went to a Phillies game, which is you know they have the stadium, all the stadiums right there. You have the Phillies uh, stadium, uh, the the Lincoln Financial Field, and even the Sixers and the Flyers play in the same area.
3: Yeah, that was actually that was actually something I noticed. Like, I really liked how they had like an entire sports complex where they had all of their arenas and stuff, and then you have like. Um, a few extra parking lots, and you even had this really cool-looking sports bar that I thought was really
4: cool. What was the name of it? You remember? The NBC Sports Girl. There was that, and then I thought you were talking about Chickies and Pete's, where we got the crab fries.
0: Crab fries. People, you have to try those crab fries if you go to Philly.
4: Chickies and Pete's.
0: And Dad, Dad, which is the um, best
4: place we went to to get the cheesesteaks? What was it? Well, it was more of a touristy area. I think the best place for us is Phil and Jim's. But we did go to uh, Gino's. Gino's and Pat's, uh, which were right across the street. We did get cheesesteaks. We tried them both that night, you and me.
1: Yeah. Crab fries.
4: <laughs> what was that? Your uh, Are you sponsored by Chicken Pete's Pete's Crab Fries?
3: I would actually like to mention something that we did while we were in Philadelphia. Just wanted to bring it up. We went to a Phillies game that was pretty cool it was a fun experience and they had actually a lot of things like different food places there was a little kid area and um one thing that was a highlight for me was uh, they had little ice cream bowls but they were in the shape of the um hat for the for the, the baseball hat the yeah, helmets. yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, was,
2: that was definitely something that was nostalgic for me because i grew up in san diego california and um i remember going to Jack Murphy Stadium—that's what it was called back then—and my dad would buy me ice cream, and I would have my own little base, you know, Padres baseball cap with my ice cream, and I—I had—I I, would—I had them. That was like my decoration in my room, and so the boys all got one, and I thought that was so special.
1: I love the kid area in the stadium. Kids who are listening to our podcast, it's um really good.
4: Well, describe it. What was it?
1: So like it was like. A mini a mini area for a mini kids to field. play.
0: It was like a f- mini field like and for it kids was spl- to play. It split up into two sections. You had a whole bunch of kids in the outfield catching balls and then there was this line of other kids who got to bat and hit the ball which then the other kids would catch.
2: Yeah, so there's different activities for the kids to do. Different uh baseball related activities for the kids to do in that area.
1: There's even a rock climb. The stadium's pretty cool. There's like, and then like in the back of the um, the mini kids area where they played like baseball. What he said. Um, there's like a mini screen so you could watch the game, or like sometimes they even showed a screen of um the kids playing, or they just really showed the game.
0: One final thing, when you go to Philly. You, there's going to be a lot of Wawa. Take every opportunity. When we went, there was the drink. So we had like so many like of those frosted lemonades and they were so good. So be prepared to spend a lot of money at Wawa.
4: Okay. So basically, if you haven't been to Philly, Chicky and Pete's, <laughs> Wawa, cheesesteaks at Pat's and Gino's, and then Phil and Gems is our favorite. Uh, ice cream at the Phillies game. We gained a few pounds on this trip. Yeah, Johan.
1: Something we haven't been talking about. Don't forget to check out the um, Liberty Bell and um, Independence Hall.
4: Oh, yeah. There's that little thing called the fact that the United States began in Philadelphia and it is the first capital and it is where this country became a country. You know, we have our priorities straight.
2: And now it's Tony Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation.
4: My favorite segment of the show, Six Degrees in NASCAR. So I think we had Sebastian the last two weeks. That means that Giovanni was the week before, but it's actually been quite a while since Johan got to pick. So this week, Johan is going to give us our person. Johan, who am I connecting to NASCAR? Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Why Bob Iger? Probably because I just like Disney. Oh, you like Disney. Yes. Bob Iger, also known as the CEO or former CEO of the Walt Disney Company, current chairman. Well, how am I going to connect in the NASCAR? Well, for many of you, you all know who Bob Iger is, but do you know who his wife is? His wife is Willow Bay. Willow Bay used to co-host the show on Saturday mornings called NBA Inside Stuff. And as you guys know, because we've been watching The Last Dance, I love basketball. And so I used to watch that show religiously. Well, her co-host was Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad Rashad is part of the NBC Sports Family. You know who else is part of the NBC Sports Family who Ahmad Rashad has worked with? Al Michaels. Al Michaels was one of the hosts of Super Bowl 52. Which, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles won in Minnesota. Fly, 5 fly, baby.
1: Best Super Bowl. Guess
4: which former NASCAR driver, the 15-time favorite driver of the year, began his NBC career at that same Super Bowl as a broadcaster. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. He also went to the Olympics. That's how you connect. Bob Iger to NASCAR. The other thing, too, is interesting about Bob Iger. Bob Iger was instrumental in trading the broadcaster, Al Michaels, to NBC to get back the rights to which Disney character? Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And, of course, Al Michaels, NBC Sports Family, all connected to NASCAR through Dale Jr., and they also broadcast NASCAR. (laughs) Getting harder, I'll tell you. This one was really hard. So, well, good job, guys. I think I know who's going to be next week. So, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that one. All right. So, as we get ready to wrap up our show, we also wanted to talk about birthdays because somebody, yours truly, has a birthday coming up later this week. Now, I didn't want to talk about my birthday necessarily. I did also want to share the fact that my birthday is one day after the greatest NASCAR driver of all time, Dale Senior having his birthday on April 29th. So he would have been 69 years old this year. Uh, Actually on Wednesday would have been his 69th birthday. So anyway, I just started thinking about birthdays and started thinking about like, what's your ideal birthday? Like what would be your ideal birthday? I'll tell you mine at the end, but I want to go around and we'll start with mom.
2: Okay. Before we continue, there is another NASCAR driver that I know for sure shares a birthday with you, Tony. Who's that? You know who that is? He I, was I don't he know. was my favorite driver when he was in
0: spring. Casey Kane. Pa- Juan Pablo Montoya. No.
4: Nope.
2: Go that dates back I think before, no, when you guys were a little
4: Elliot Sadler. That's Elliot right. Sadler. Elliot
2: Sadler was born April 30th.
4: Oh wow. What year? Not the same year.
2: No, he's 5 years older
4: than Let's start with mom. What's your ideal birthday?
2: Oh, I think my ideal birthday is a vacation.
4: A vacation, yes, like, for like to whole- like go somewhere okay. with the family, Johan.
1: To wake up, take a trip to Charlotte, go to some of the headquarters, then go to the Hall of Fame, go to some more headquarters, then go to the track, Charlotte, take a tour, go to the rest of the headquarters, then the next day go to Denver for to Ralph Spenway's headquarters.
4: So that that sounds pretty impressive. I actually was thinking you were describing what because that's what we did last year for the summer, except we didn't go to Denver. Sorry to disappoint. But that would be your ideal birthday. All right, Giovanni.
3: I actually have um, two ideal birthdays.
4: You got to pick one. Oh, man. All right. We'll come back to you, Sebastian. Okay, so for me, my
0: ideal birthday is that for the majority of the day, we go somewhere, whether it's a theme park, movie. Or like a go kart place, and then and I hang out with my friends, and then we all come back to my house. We have some cake, sing happy birthday, um, do some presents, and then we just
3: hang out for the rest of the night.
4: All right, so theme park, cake, and presents, Giovanni.
3: Um, so I went with mine. I think I'd honestly want to go to um Andretti Indoor Go Karting. Uh, do some arcade games, do a couple of races with my friends, and um uh yeah and celebrate there
4: so go karting racing with friends
1: i forgot to say something yeah i want to take my friends with me for my ideal birthday
4: okay all right well of course you can't have a birthday without celebrating with your friends so my ideal birthday well first off i want to take the day off which i'm actually going to do this week i used to say it all the time to people take your birthday off if you have it if you happen to be working that day make sure you take it off because you know what happens those school count? School, too, I've we've let you guys take off from school. Um, but it's a little harder during school time. It's easier for adults to do it. But I'll say this. When you're an adult, take the day off because here's why. If you become great and you discover the cure to cancer or you become an astronaut and go to another planet and do something great in history, guess what happens? When you die, they will make your, day, your birthday a holiday and everybody else gets your birthday off. So just in case... I do something great in life besides having you guys as my kids. I'm not going to take any chances. I'm going to take my birthday off and enjoy it as a holiday. So it's like my pre-holiday holiday. I love taking my birthday off and just relaxing and enjoying it with my my friends and my family. Obviously, we get to do that this year. We're going to be doing some racing on that new steering wheel we got. I'm very excited about that. And uh, topping it off with ice cream cake. That is my all-time favorite birthday. Not regular cake not ice cream added to a dough cake but an actual ice cream cake that is really delicious and I can't wait to like okay really so I guess I already. should say
2: a realistic than ideal birthday right other than travel because that usually doesn't happen so an ideal birthday for me would be um that I pretty much get pampered all day long and a really nice dinner
4: so we're in April I got five months to get my act together it was what you're saying okay
1: and I also forgot to say something.
4: What you can't keep adding. All right,
1: last thing. I had go to dinner. Wait, is there a, a Kobe's in Starlet?
4: <laughs> yeah, we could probably do Kobe's too. So Kobe's do the rate do see the uh the, the owner's team or the team shops. Go to Denver. When are we doing Kobe's? Like you got a lot going on, man. You gonna have to
1: First the NASCAR stuff, which was the some of the headquarters. And then we
4: fly it- to Denver? Yeah. And then we do Kobe's in Denver.
1: No, we do Kobe's the same day of my birthday. So There's only so many hours in a day. The flight from Charlotte to Denver
4: is probably like four or five hours.
1: Or like, we um, go to the hotel, sleep, then go to the airport, then... um.
2: I don't think he realizes how far Denver is from, North Carol- no. from Charlotte. North we gotta Carolina. work on
4: some geography.
0: <laughs> maybe do Charlotte his actual day and go to Kobe's, then maybe... Go to sleep and on, then take the trip and then go to Denver. The hold next on, time day. out,
4: time up. We're going to Denver to see what team again? Roush Fenway. Wait, I thought that's... they're not in Denver. Wait, I thought there are. No, that was that was front row motorsports and they shut down a couple years ago or last year. I thought it was furniture row. Furniture row. That's it. Whatever. The point is, there's no team out there anymore. Bruh. So you're gonna have us go all the way to Denver to go see a NASCAR team. There ain't no NASCAR team out there anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, what
3: are we going to do? Just stand in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> All we're, right. We're so in Denver. Your birthday, Happy birthday.
4: is just going to be in Charlotte. That's it. <laughs> and maybe Kobe's. Okay. Then that's good. All right. Geo, take us out.
3: Well, guys, thank you so much for listening on in and giving us a little bit of your time. We want to thank you. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there that we get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. Let's go, Racing Family.
0: Out.